0: What's up, guys? This is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie.
1: And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy.
0: T.W., tell us a little bit about this uh, title and what the title is.
1: It's called Giving Your Death to Jesus.
0: And this is such a new concept. It's such an edgy concept. We still don't even have our minds wrapped around it fully, but we hope that you'll find it interesting. Stay tuned to the end. We'll give you the information for our guest speaker. And let's go ahead and do this.
1: And now a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours
2: the Techie and the Cowboy.
0: All right, we got a special guest on for this episode. I'm really excited about it. So T.W., I'll let you do the hmm. honors and introduce who we got.
1: Okay. I'd like to introduce Larry Reagan. Larry was a speaker at a conference that I was serving as a volunteer at basically I was the room monitor who made sure that uh, there were enough pencils and and that kind of thing. And so I served in this room twice and Larry basically gave the same talk to two different sets of people. And in that he said something that intrigued me captured my attention. Now, the move conference is put on by a big Baptist church in Atlanta, Johnson and Baptist, and it aims at bringing people in from all over the world who are involved in missionary work and that kind of discipleship. I'll let Larry explain a little bit more about that. You and I had been talking about the remarks that he made, and we felt that it would be a good idea to let Larry more fully explain what it was he said that attracted our attention. So Larry? Thank you,
2: both of you, uh, Techie and Cowboy for, <laughs> I don't know if I have a, um, uh, a handle. Um, I don't know if I have one today, but- we're gonna, uh, we're gonna
0: have to find one for you before you get off.
2: We'll think of We'll, one. <laughs> we'll work on it. Um, my, my wife would say sarcastic pastor might be, uh, <laughs> might be what she, she would call me. Back to the MOVE conference, what's interesting is when, when I got your, first of all, your email and then phone call, you zeroed in on a couple of phrases out of a 90-minute uh, workshop on worldview and how we work worldview, and so I made this statement that you you locked onto, and I, it really it really meant a lot because in that conference, it was almost a throwaway statement, but in my life, it's something that I've been Developing and even working out my own understanding, or as scripture says, my own salvation towards this truth.
1: One of the reasons way. why I did lock on to that is that, and the remark that you made seemed to be, you know, at least one standard deviation different than I had heard the entire time. And so I perked up and went, Really? Mm. And then the next day, when you said it again, I thought, Wow. He really means this. That wasn't just him ad-libbing. Has, this is something he has given some thought? Hence, you know, me latching onto it.
0: Well, we got the we gave him the cliffhanger. Y'all got to tell him what the statement is well, <laughs> I don't think the, we've actually yeah. told him. <laughs> we, we've kind of held him in suspense this far. So, yeah. so, so tell us what. Tell him what it is that you said that that got him. What is
2: the statement? And then let me, if you allow me, let me work backwards a little bit. Okay, Perfect. the the statement which would have had a lot of background before I made the statement, is a statement that is one step removed from a normal conversion statement, or one step removed from what we would ask people to consider when they realize that they're lost and realize that God is pursuing them and realize that there's a salvation there for them. And so the the statement I made, how many of you have ever said this phrase, I gave my life to Christ. And of course, everybody in both of these sessions raised their hand. I mean, they're believers, they're solid, as, and for the most part, really mature, I believe, believers from a number of different denominations at this conference. It's not a locked in one denomination conference. So everybody raises their hands. And I said, listen, I, I don't really believe this is the accurate thing. The real question for Christianity is not when did you give your life to Christ? The real question of Christianity is, when did you give your death to Christ? And he gave you his life. And then there was this, and I get this when I teach it, because do you want to give your life to Christ? Or when did you give your life to Christ? And so I have to just back up to what I always say. A while back, um, and I do a lot of cross-cultural work, and and I work in a, a, numerous countries around the world with the, the ministry that I'm in. I, I do with cross-cultural worldview, cultural preparation, Christian culture versus American Christian culture versus Eastern Christian culture. I mean, I do a lot of this study. At, for, if it matters, I, I have a, a background in Christian ed, engineering, and cross-cultural anthropology, missiology. So I have this real mix of engineering that pulls together. So i Always looking at systems with Scripture and systems with God, and so one day I'm just reading a normal verse that we we've, we've all said many times: "We're dead in our trespasses and sins." Heard it before? Yes. Yeah, we're always talking about the cross and Jesus died for you, and this and this and this. And this. And I really started looking at that and I go, well, you know, the cross only takes care of one of the needs that that verse lays out for us. We always hear for all of sin, to fall short of the glory of God. Again, the cross takes care of that sin issue. But we have two needs for our salvation. Need number one, which is listed first, is we are dead. Go all the way back to the garden. There's two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good And evil. Good, 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 Nicodemus. Good, 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 dying inside, dead. Evil, Samaritan woman, bad, 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 dying inside. The same tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the fruit of that was death. So, in those both of those people are interacting with Christ, and Christ offers them both life. He offers the Samaritan woman living water. He offers Nicodemus. Born again, life. So those th- those concepts really started to to come forward toward me. So the cross, it, we're dead. Take that as one need in our trespasses and sins. Take that as another need. What's a sin? Sin is walking across ground we're never supposed to walk across. What's a trespasser do? A trespasser walks across land that he wasn't supposed to walk across. So, you know, what is sin? Since when we walk across things with our eyes, we should never walk across. Sin's when we walk across things with our bodies, we should never walk across with our attitudes, with our words, with our judgments, even with our, what seemingly seems as incredibly good things, with our self-serving, self-focused, egotistical motivations that are behind it. It says we're we're going across ground for our own glory. Jesus died on the cross. We all agree about that. And when he died on the cross for us, it paid the penalty of our sins. We all know this in scripture that our death had to be paid for. Somebody else had to die for us. And Jesus did that. So I sat there and I kept thinking that the cross really didn't solve our death issue. It really didn't. It solved our sin and our forgiveness issue. Now you need to understand this is 10, 15 years of uh, percolating inside of me. Gotcha. You, you understand these things that God just will not quite let you let go of. Go oh yeah, for sure. And so, and so for me to make that, you know, here's the punchline statement that there's a, there's this history in it. And so, He did that, and then it dawned on me, and actually, I I can't own this one. I have to take this one from a, a mentor of mine who one day said to me, just out of the blue, he goes, do you know if the cross were all we have, we would be forgiven dead people. We would be forgiven dead people. If the cross is all we had of Easter weekend, we would all be forgiven dead people. But we have more than that. He resurrected to change death. And he left it at that, which you feel like, man, that next statement, the one that I made is really the culmination of that. So Easter weekend, I'm just using that, we have the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. So when he rose, he solved the death issue and he made us alive. And now we're alive in Christ. We're not simply forgiven in Christ. We are forgiven in Christ, but we're alive in Christ. To simply be forgiven in Christ, we wouldn't have the power to walk victoriously. We wouldn't have the fellowship to fight temptation. We wouldn't have the strength to endure the various trials. It takes the Christ that is alive in us, which is what? The hope of glory. So with that background, and I believe millions of people come to Christ by saying they're giving their life to Christ because God's not after the right phrase. He's after the broken heart. He's not after the right formula. He's not after the right walk down an aisle. He's not after the right perfect prayer. He's not after any of those things. When we come to Christ, we're coming to Christ and we're handing him our death. And he gives us his life. And do you know what's so, for me, so incredible? incredible about easter morning it's because it shows us that what god is really 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 good at is resurrecting things from the dead which includes me he's good at resurrecting your worst wounds from the dead it's not just forgiving our worst actions which is really vitally important but resurrecting the the broken marriage from the dead and somebody said well wait a second i didn't reconcile with my spouse i understand that But God can reconcile that deepest hurt that happened in that betrayal from the dead and use it for his glory.
0: That's my next question. How has this changed your, how it is that you look at things as a Christian? How it is that you teach, you know, as somebody who is a teacher? um, How do you think that that's that's completely changing? Because you said this has been a while. You said 10 years that you've been kind of pondering this, give or take? Perhaps.
2: Perhaps. Yeah. So how has this
0: completely changed your angle of doing? I know there's been things at different points in my career, if you want to call it that as a speaker, that's completely changed how it is that I present and how it is I think about things. So how has this changed you?
2: I think it's made me more hopeful in any dead situation I find myself in, or I find people that I mentor or counsel with, or my kids, or, We need hope that in the midst of intense suffering, God can resurrect things from the dead.
0: Absolutely. That that doesn't
2: mean he'll change the circumstance, but the perspective of no matter what I'm facing, I can bring my death, my dead situation. It gives me hope. If I believe there is a God of the universe that cares about us in this universe, so to say, enough to intervene this universe and become a human and live and die and resurrect and and do that in order to forgive us and resurrect us and make us alive in order for us to leave this universe and spend eternity with him in that universe. If I believe that, which we do, don't you believe that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay,
2: then this gives me hope to trust him in this temporary pain in this life that he can resurrect, he can bring glory, he can bring life. He's a life giver in these things. I'm, again, I am grateful I'm forgiven. I am so grateful I'm forgiven. We do know that we want to know Christ, and we want the power of his resurrection, that resurrected life, but we got to enter it to, through the fellowship of the suffering. And one of the phrases I realize is there has never been a resurrection without a crucifixion. Absolutely. There's never been a resurrection without a crucifixion.
1: Uh, There's the first time somebody has put those two notions linked together, which makes perfect sense. But it's kind of like, aha, of course.
0: Well, if you look in history of everybody who's been successful, they've all gone through something before they get successful. This is one of my passions. I love studying success stories because attached to that success story there's always something that they had to go through in order to be able to get to that success so one of my famous things I love to say is you want what they have but you're not willing to do what they went through to get what they have right (laughs) so um, but if you look at it all the big success stories all have had some kind of struggles in their life that they've had to overcome either before they got the success after they got the success Or, you know, on the back end of their life, you know, coming out of it and that has really trained and transformed them um, to be able to get the to achieve what they achieved. Right.
2: Yeah. And so in order to have resurrected life, we need to know there's somebody who's already resurrected life. Absolutely. And so we just need to be running to him with our death and he'll give us life. Apart from him, we have nothing. So you really back to our very beginning of this podcast, we never had a life to give him. We have trespasses and sin and death to give him. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are dead in our sin. Those are the two fruit we can give him. And he gives us resurrected life. That's what he does. That's what he's really good at.
0: Uh, We always like to talk application. How can somebody apply this into their life? Because you said that you needed it. You know what I mean? So that means that you must have found a way that, that you actually applied it to your life. So we love to give people something to go away with. Of course, their wheels are, if they're like us, their wheels are turning. You can hear the gears through the podcast <laughs> turning, right? So, so, so where's okay. the application part of this? Like, how can I take this and apply it into
2: my life? Wow. I wish I could give you a formula. Let me The first thing is to just make this one of your dwelling points in front of God. And as you as it becomes one of your dwelling points, I'm going to tell you, it's also going to become one of your worship points. Hmm. It's also going to become I can worship the God of the universe that resurrects things from the dead. That's what He does, and that brings more faith. That brings more hope back to the hope term, and get in relationship with Him, with these things, His concept. Dare to wrestle with God. He'll win but dare to get into the, the wrestling match on these things. Dare to say to him, I'm in the middle of a situation and in earthly terms, it looks really, really bad, but I'm gonna dig into this and even believe if my circumstances do not change that you can resurrect something out of this because that's who you are. And so how, do I, how, do I, how does this apply to me? As I begin to dare to wrestle with God, as I begin to dig in, as I begin to realize that I only have death to give him, which becomes a position of humility that's not real popular. And another phrase he whispered to me one time when I was wrestling with him and arguing with him on something. And I promise you, as clearly as I'm speaking to you, this phrase came into my mind. God said, Call me by my whole name, Ben Lawrence Reagan. You know, you're in trouble when that happens. Ben Lawrence Reagan, do you know why I am the I am? He said, no, sir. I said to remind you that you're the are not. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs>
2: and of course,
1: that's so logical.
2: <laughs> when, you, when you dig into this concept of your death to him, what you're saying is I'm the am not and you're the I am. And I need the I am, the resurrection and the life to take care of my death. I need the I am, the Lamb of God who takes the sins away from the world, takes them. I, I need that I am. And so back to practical application is wrestle, dig, contemplate.
0: Well, you've already given me a little bit because, you know, at we're Stephen Ministers. This is sure a T.W. mentioned to you as well. So we deal with a lot of people that are going through the thick of things, whatever it is. Absolutely. And, and grief is in all forms. It doesn't have to be something, you know, like a death. It can be something just as a life change or a job, but they're in it. They're in what we call the crucible. And so they're, they're going through it. And it, the biggest thing that we find is that, A, people are scared of being mad at God. And one of the things that we do is tell them it's okay to, like you said, wrestle with God and to to let him know. And then RB, they've kind of distanced themselves because they couldn't understand. The biggest thing is I don't understand how God would allow this to happen. We hear this a lot from our our care receivers, right? So they're in the thick of things and they're trying to, their logical brain is trying to uh, bring God down to this earth and make him something that they can, you know, see in the middle of grief, that they can understand in the middle of grief. So I think this concept, you know, at the right point in time inside of the the relationship might, might actually help them.
1: So in in the two sets of meetings that we've had, you've given me something that I can't ignore. And the thing that you said today that I'm now going to focus on in addition to the first notion about giving my death is that, he is the i am and you are the are not, which is, as I said, was very logical, but that really is powerful when you recognize that you can you can kind of give lifts or two, oh yeah, I knew that, but when you actually say it 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 just kind of puts the two into a relationship, but ultimately you can see where you are and he is. And how he is able to resurrect you as well.
0: It also takes you out of thinking of God as one of us. You know, Jesus came down; he was one of us for a little bit. But a lot of times, we don't think of God being at all places at all time, and Him and His and the glory of His Majesty. Right? We try and bring Him back to the average everyday person because it's easier for our brain to process. It's not as hard for our brain to process that he's with you and with me dealing with your stuff and dealing with my stuff and the problems of the world, all at the same time. Right. Uh, so, so we try and bring it to something that we can better understand. But when you, you take that phrase, it reminds you of who
2: God is, the great I am. It does. And going back to our initial, when is the time you gave your death to Christ and he gave you his life? I mean, at salvation, that's what happened, but it's also what happens every day.
0: I think we've given the, the listeners a lot to think about, and a lot to <laughs> ponder and to twirl around in their head, which is kind of the whole point of this having these conversations. Because, I mean, it's, it's just talking to different people who have gone through different things. and I think God gives you different things to be able to be the light, to be able to get other people to consider. TW always talks and teases me about, you know, balance of life is, is my big thing <laughs> because it is, it's, it's something that I always am working on. Right. Uh, but teaching men about the balance of life and finding their purpose uh, within God, not in golf or your job or your vehicles or your house or what you've accumulated or your status or so many things that us as guys have been trained like from birth, <laughs> to be able to take so much pride and status in. Uh, and then when we lose that purpose, we do stuff way outside of our character, right? That's that's where it is that we're, because we're looking for that purpose. And that's been kind of my mission and my passion and what it is that I'm speaking on. And TW's helping me write a book on and and, and all of this different stuff because he's the writer <laughs> of the two. And so uh, it's just amazing how God gives you different things to be able to speak on. So this is definitely your your wheelbarrow to be able to to push here. That's a great place to end, I think. All right, so, okay. so once again, we thank you for coming on so much. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah, like you said, TW, brain num at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very a deep episode, which I love because it just gives a, a different layer of of the discussions that we can have. You know, when we sit down and just talk about our experiences, our faith, our belief, and how it is that we view God. Exactly. All right, so again, we're, we're signing off one more time. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie.
1: And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a.
2: The Cowboy.
0: With our special guest, Larry Reagan, and
2: apparently a.k.a. The Sarcastic Coster. I
0: told you we were going to get you one before you got out of here. <laughs> and so let's end it with our, our amazing country outro, and let's drop that.
2: That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and The Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.